1: Pulitzer Prize-winning historian Doris Kearns Goodwin executive produces the new three-part docuseries FDR, which premieres on the History Channel on Memorial Day. She joined me to discuss FDR's legacy as president, from pulling America out of the Great Depression to leading the country during World War II. Hey, Doris Kearns Goodwin, hey, thanks for joining us on WTOP and DC again. Oh, I'm glad to be here. How are you? I'm good. Uh, we spoke last. We spoke, I guess, this time last year when you were doing the History Channel's exactly uh,
0: th- so for Teddy.
1: Yeah, Teddy Roosevelt. So now we're talking the other Roosevelt. <laughs>
0: uh, so now we're talking about the other Roosevelt, right? <laughs> the other
1: Roosevelt. Two massive figures, titans of American history. Uh, it, it's your executive producing. It's called FDR. It's gonna be a three night docu series that starts on the History Channel on uh, on Memorial Day on Monday. Um, so you know, obviously, you wrote "Leadership in Turbulent Times" the book, uh, but you know, what why do you think now was was a good time to to revisit FDR and, and all that he did for the country?
0: Well, you know, I think when you think about the fact that we've lived through a difficult economic time in these last couple of years through COVID, and then at the same time now we're dealing with the Ukraine and what to be able to do with them and uh, uh, the largest land war since World War II, to go back to the time of the Great Depression and World War II and see the leadership of FDR in action and make us know that we got through that really hard time before, Um, The bond was established with the American people through the leadership of FDR, and together we were able to accomplish extraordinary things. It just should make us feel confident about our own future to know that we had been through it before and we can do it again. So we catapult ourselves back to these difficult times. Somehow it's going to give us some strength. Absolutely. And, you know, that his life is broken up into
1: so many, you know, chapters as it is with the early days, the depression, the war, you know, the, so we can go through them sort of more chronologically, if, if you don't mind. But yeah, tell me about how does the documentary sort of tackle his early days, you know, polio and, and marriage to Eleanor and that kind of stuff before we even get to, you know, the presidency?
0: Well, the interesting thing is the documentary starts with his marriage to Eleanor, where Teddy Roosevelt is presiding as Eleanor's uncle. And what FDR is most afraid of is Teddy Roosevelt, knowing that he will steal the center of the attention, which indeed he does at the wedding. But then it talks about the early days of of FDR running for um, the state office. And when Eleanor sees that he's not really a great communicator, it's so great to see them evolving as leaders rather than becoming icons. He speaks so slowly at times, she said, that she's afraid he'll never go on. There's so many gaps between his, his moments of speaking. And then when he gets confident, she's afraid he'll never go off the stage. So you watch him developing into a leader, and then you see what polio does to him, both through the footage of it, through the experts that are talking about it, the historians, and then through the acted scenes between um, Eleanor and Franklin and, and that, that polio situation at Warm Springs. And it really does create the humility and the patience and the experimentation and the resilience that really mark his leadership having gone through polio. Ernest Hemingway once said, everyone is broken by life, but afterwards, some are strong in the broken places. And that was true for FDR. And then he comes onto the scene with the depression at its height or at its depth, I guess you could say. And he's known what it's like to be paralyzed as the people of the country are now paralyzed. And he's able to give them hope and confidence and optimism about he'll take action, he'll take responsibility for this, he'll provide the leadership, and he certainly does, in terms of that 100 days that gets the country mobilized again.
1: Yeah, tell our listeners, maybe even our younger listeners, or try to educate them a little bit, you know, about FDR. I mean, uh, it, it was the fireside chats and the "nothing to fear but fear itself," and you know, which and, and the New Deal. You know, I talk about how he he took a country that was just, you know, in the depths, as you said, of a Great Depression, and and found a way um, through through government, really, through expanding government programs, uh, to to help pull us out of it.
0: Yeah, I mean, imagine what it was like when he took office. I mean, the, the one out of four people were out of work. The people couldn't get their money out of the banks because the banks didn't have the currency there. Starving people are wandering the streets. There's no safety net at that, day, that time. And by that first inaugural, when he acknowledges right from the start that, you know, only a foolish optimism would deny the brutal realities of the moment. But there's nothing to fear but fear itself. And then he goes on to say, we're going to act. I'm going to get the Congress to come into an emergency session. We're going to get you jobs. And by the end of that speech alone, headlines in the papers, we have a leader at last. The government still lives. And people felt somehow the mood of the country was shifted just from that speech alone, which showed that the power of communication of a leader with the people. And then, of course, he kept the Congress in session after the banking crisis was solved. And that becomes a big part of the early um, storytelling in this miniseries. And then he keeps them in session for 100 days. And that becomes the famous 100 days.
1: and, and one of the and, and I guess still to this day, our only president that served more than two terms. Right. Like, how, how did they pull that off? He was just so was he so popular with the people or it's such a dire time of a depression. And then, of course, the war on the back end of it, too. Like, what, he's how, how was he able to stay in office longer than everybody else? <laughs>
0: well, I, I think if had it not been for Europe, having broken out into World War Two, um, I don't know that he and the, the fear of that. I mean, thirty nine, the war had started. So when he had to run in 40 again for what would have been the third term, he had this feeling that he, he was the one who knew how to take the country through that. He was already involved in helping England to sustain itself. And the country felt that he was the one that they needed still because of that experience. And then again, of course, in 1944, we're in the middle of the war still. Um, and he decides that he's going to run for the fourth term. I think it wouldn't have been able to be happened, that two-term thing of George Washington was so built into our our psyche had it not been for the war itself, which and people made the decision that he had carried us through the Depression. He's the one to carry us through the war.
1: We'll go into the war a little deeper, dive into it, too, because, I, I mean, we said the famous quote about fear and fear itself, but a day that will live in infamy for Pearl Harbor. Most presidents are lucky to get one memorable line, and there's two right there. But, uh, yeah, talk about just his <laughs> his important part in in leading us in World War II, uh, his, his bond and allied ship with Winston Churchill and how that really helped us to defeat Hitler.
0: Yeah, one of the things you'll see, I think, is the importance of that relationship with Winston Churchill. You'll see it both in the footage that they are able to bring together, Radical Media and History Channel, of watching the two of them together. And it's just, you can see the the kind of bond that they created and the feeling that they knew that each other was a great diva. Some would, one of them would be talking, the other one would be sitting there grumpily waiting to talk, and then the other <laughs> one would talk. But they knew that they said it was fun to be in the same decade with each other. You know, you can watch them when they first meet in Newfoundland, and you see Churchill coming to Washington um, at the time, right after Pearl Harbor at Christmas time, And, you know, he asks the butler to make sure in the morning that he has a tumbler of sherry before breakfast, and then scotch and soda at lunch, and then champagne and 90-year-old brandy before dinner. Then he and Roosevelt stay up until 2 a.m. talking and smoking, and and then Roosevelt has to run the country the next day. But how lucky we were to have those two leaders together. And I think most importantly, too, what you'll see is there, there are both scenes and archival footage and discussions by the historians of the factory mobilization that Roosevelt was able to achieve by forming a partnership with the business community so that we were able to produce what the world needed, all our allies needed, the planes, the tanks, and the weapons. Um, that the jeeps that, that allowed the soldiers to, to have the equipment they needed to win the war and then at the same time he mobilizes the american people on the home front to be willing to accept ration supplies only 1 cup of coffee a day only 5 gallons of gasoline can you imagine the country accepting these kind of restrictions today but they knew it was all for the soldiers and for the war and the home front was going to support the war front so it's a very you know it's a very inspiring story, I think, to watch what happened during that period of time.
1: Oh, greatest generation in so many ways. Like you said, I mean, I, I'm struggling to get just one coffee today. Like, I, I don't know how we, the idea that everyone is in it together, <laughs> the idea that everyone in it together and and pitching in, and, and it just seems so unfathomable today, sadly. But, um, well, we do have to talk real quick before you go. I mean, I guess one of the, bit we've talked about all the greatness, but I guess one of the sort of the blemishes in hindsight on the record would have been like what, like the Japanese internment camp. Do you, do you talk to the critics in the, in the documentary? Are there any, any historians talking about maybe where he fell short to?
0: Oh, without a question. I mean, that's part of the role of the historians to provide the context, to understand that they're all going to disappoint us, every leader that we care about at certain moments in time. Certainly the internment of the Japanese Americans, which is both depicted in one of the scenes between Eleanor and Franklin, um, an acting scene, but talked about by the um, historians as well, is, is is a stain on his legacy, as is the failure to bring more Jewish refugees into the country before Hitler closed the door forever. So you understand that none of these people are perfect. You wish they were. But on the other hand, you have to judge them in the, in the span of what they did. And for this leader to have guided us through those two great crises, to have had that leadership with that optimism and contagious confidence that he projected onto the people, um, I think he'll be remembered for a long time to come. That's what the New York Times once said, that you, know, you people would look 4,000 years, 1,000 years from now, and, and, and put themselves on their knees for having had this man in power at that time
1: oh yeah and that that to me i think is is the power and 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 just what's so cool about what you and the other historians do for for projects like this you know you you we- you weigh you know the where they may have fell short up, up against these massive accomplishments and the way they shaped the world in so many positive ways and for fdr he has these two giant the depression and the war i mean it, it, that's uh, that's like all-time stuff like you'd be hard-pressed to find a president that did as much for the country um well hey thank you so much again it's called fdr it's gonna be a three-night docuseries on the history channel starting memorial day doris kearns goodwin always awesome catching up
0: thank you very much it was fun to talk to you about it thank you so much
1: thanks so much for listening to beyond the fame with jason fraley our theme music is scott buckley's clarion remember to give us a five-star rating if you like what you hear we'll see you next time